Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode, I'm talking with Bing Oliver of Peak Coaching. Bing specialises in building high-performance teams with a particular interest in supporting franchise owners. Having been involved with a well-known American chicken sandwich franchise of his own for over 20 years. Having found himself getting to a point where he felt overwhelmed, he took the steps he needed in order to be successful and enjoy the journey at the same time. And now he does what he can to help others do the same. We have some great discussions around the basics of business, what you need to make sure you look after yourself, and how to get the best out of your team. And Bing also kindly shares with us some of the models he uses, and they are a great way of uncovering the simplicity that can lie in a potentially complex situation. We were also able to give Bing a bit of a light bulb moment of his own, which is nice. Before we get our discussion underway, I would like to present you with a gift. If you go to my website, businessenjoyment.com, you will be able to download a free copy of my latest book, More Than Just Money. In this book, you find an explanation of the business enjoyment model, learn how you can use it to find a solution to pretty much any problem you're facing, and discover what I really mean when I say that I want you to enjoy your business so much, it makes your bits tingle. So do check that out, but for now, sit back, relax, clip on your metaphorical crampons, and most of all, enjoy. Well, great. So I'm, I'm Bing Oliver, and I'm an executive coach. And so I work with executive leaders, um, entrepreneurs, and their leadership teams to help them get everybody lined up and going in the same direction so that they can get a better business, the life that they want and you know, better results and make a difference in the world. So that's kind of how we say it simply. As you, are you working with the people at the top and their teams or are you focusing in specific areas within that? Well, so what it generally, what I'll do is I'll start off working with the executive leader and we work to harness their full potential. So um, we, we get them what then with the way this came about, I know you said you want to talk later a little bit about my background, but I'm going to go back just a little bit is in um, a previous entrepreneurial journey. I found myself really overwhelmed and I had a coach who had me really focus in on me first. You know, I thought that, you know, it was my employees and the business and the equipment and everything. And that, that person had me go back and focus on me. So that's where I start is with the executive leader. And we focus in really on their habits because those are the things that build into life, right? And then usually that kind of reverse engineers into mindset stuff because we can't understand why we can't change our habits. And we, you know, like uh, one, a question I was asking myself this last year, man, was like, okay, so um, why, um, why can't I seem to keep appointments with myself the same way I would keep with someone else? Why is it that it would be okay for me to put on the calendar, I'm going to go take a swim, but it's not okay for me to say, Hey, I'm showing up at eight. I mean, you know, I was, I was on here three minutes ahead of time uh, to be, to meet with you. I wouldn't do that, you know, and respect your time. And, and that was a kind of a mindset thing. Right. So. Yeah, and yeah. you say that internal respect and those 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 boundaries and that sense of discipline and it's a great question because there's a lot of things that we we're sort of told to do to try to do and create artificial deadlines, but if those artificial deadlines don't mean anything, then it defeats the object of <laughs> doing them, doesn't it? 
Um, exactly. And I, I love that you use the word boundaries. We think about boundaries with others. That's, that's a pretty common, that's kind of in the vernacular, but I don't know that we think about boundaries with ourselves, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great thought. Did you come to a conclusion, by the way? That's <laughs> the how. Well, uh, one, one thing, um, Anna Sabino posted that somebody that she knew said um, that this part, Anna said, Hey, you've done yoga every morning for 10 years. How did you do that? And she said, I just don't allow the internal dialogue, you know, to go on. I wake up in the morning and it's just not, so it's a boundary with yourself. Like when some part of yourself says really every day, you know, she just is like, sorry, we're not talking about this, you know? Yeah, it's part of the process of the system. We've, that's that's what we follow, and we don't need to engage. That's what we do. We can just do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, um, as you alluded to, it's, it's like, how did you get into this space? What's your journey from you go back as far as you want to go uh, to, to to get to where you are now? Yeah. So last year I had a client, and um, he's in the restaurant space, and I, I do. I come from the restaurant space, Andrew. Um. But I do, I work, I like to work with a lot of variety of different um, businesses and kind of test out models and see if, if my methods work. And, and so far I've been real pleased to see that it works with different, different groups of people, but I'm from the restaurant business and I was working with this, this leader of this restaurant. It was, a, I want to say it was a five, $6 million restaurant. And that's usually where things, the wheels kind of start falling off and people start looking for some help. And, um, and he was getting ready to open a second location. And so it was already pretty complex and now he's getting ready to multiply his complexity. But anyway, so that's why he called on me and we had a really great time working together and, and that, that went really well, but I had known him in college. So I'm going I'm <laughs> to date myself. I'm going to date myself here, but it was <laughs> over 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and in those days, uh, I led him and, and a group of people um, in in a kind of a support. Uh, we'd get together every every week and um, and support each other. And it was just something that I did because I I wanted to do this. And that, that was something you poor. set up at university or college. Yeah, yeah. Pour to pour into lives of some of, of some other people. You know. So it was, it was a group of guys, a men's group. And, um, and so when he found out, he, we'd known each other for three decades. And when he found out that I was doing this, uh, that I'd started peak coaching, which I started four years ago, uh, he said, man, it's like, you've always been doing this and now you've just given it a, a you know, you put a logo on it. So it goes way back. Um, just this desire and this wiring to, to see potential in others, uh, in, in organizations, which is just made up of a bunch of people, you know, and to, to call that out and draw it out. And um, so that, that, that charges me up. So that, that's going way back to there. Uh, I went from there. I was a school teacher. Um, I was an art major in college. So uh, like, unlike a lot of um, executive coaches, my, my background is not MBA. It's um, I was an, I was an artist. Uh, I was an award-winning clay sculptor. I would create large, um, uh, large scale sculpture. And then I would alter it in, in sort of a, um, uh, organic way. And I, I, w I won quite a few awards doing that found out that uh, probably wasn't going to put food on the table. So I became a teacher and I taught for five years in more uh, pre teaching, teaching art, art teacher, art. What's that? I'll just check you were teaching art. And 
teaching art in middle school. Uh, and I should go back even before that because more creative stuff I, in, in high school and college. Um, I was the lead singer of numerous uh, alternative, very bad bands. <laughs> but I'm, I'm kind of like, I kind of like being up front. These days I'm a drummer. I don't know what that says about me. I like to be in the back and I like to support the beat. But um, anyways, so there's all this creative stuff back there. But I, so I became a school teacher and I realized that uh, as soon as the kids started coming, that that was going to be really difficult. And, uh, and I like making money. So I left that and went into um, uh, work as a manager in a restaurant in a prominent uh, company. And then they promoted me into a, a regional thing where I was a consultant and a coach. And then um, I decided I wanted to get off the road. So I, I got my own franchise. And, um, and this, when I got my franchise, I could, I was thinking about this this morning as I was taking my walk. I could not have been more set up, Andrew, for success. Like I had so many connections, so much experience, so much exposure. I'd seen all the best ideas and I knew exactly what to do to be successful. I thought, <laughs> but, <there> were, <laughs> but it absolutely kicked my butt. You know, I was working 65 plus hours a week and, um, and it wasn't enough. And so I was with my chiropractor in the rare moment that I would steal away just to get my back adjusted so I could stand up in this restaurant for hours on end. And he said, Hey, hey you need to talk to these people. And he sent me to a, a very, very cool coaching company. And for the next two years, I worked with them. But one of the, th the very first things that they did was they said, Bing, we want you to take a lot of time off. Like we want it on the calendar. We want it high priority. And I was like, you gotta be kidding. Right? Like I am already working 60, five plus hours and I can't figure out how to get it done. How is that going to fix anything? And what I didn't understand and, and, uh, and what I understand now is that, you know, being an entrepreneur is a different way of thinking. Um, and, it, and you can be an intrapreneur. I, I don't like to exclude those people who are, are within organizations. It's that, it's that mindset of I'm going to add value before I expect to be um, compensated you know, a very creative kind of forward thinking. And uh, that kind of thinking does not work when you are um, in the mode of do all the time, answering the emails, answering the text on social media, that's that strategic creative brain is not working. And so by getting away, um, I took more and more and more time off. I became an accomplished um, amateur um Road cyclist got in fantastic shape. Um, got my hours in the restaurant down to twenty hours a week, and I was on uh, boards in the community. In the community, helping you know, I was building the business, but in very, very different creative and relational kind of ways. And and this was all through having a coach. So I fell in love with coaching, and I started coaching my friends on the side. My franchise agreement would not allow me to do it as a, a paid gig, but I just loved doing it. And, and I should say, once I, once I, once I tapped into um, this way of thinking, then I, instead of me running the restaurant, I developed a, a, a team of leaders mm. and I coached them. So I was coach, I was pouring into them and they were growing the business and our business, we set a, a mission of being the best place to eat and work in our town. That was our, we had it over the door. We're going to be um, we were in Boone, North Carolina. We're going to be Boone's best place to eat and work. And we measured that and we hit those goals. Nice. And um, so anyway, 
So, but then through some, um, some difficult challenges of, uh, that I had, I had a, a very bad bike accident and, uh, through a, you know, long convoluted story, I ended up actually, um, having some, um, family, uh, challenge of divorce and some stuff and went through a really, really difficult season, um, about 10 years ago and, um, found myself having to rebuild from scratch. And I, I, I thought about going back into this restaurant company and they were very favorable about doing that, but I really wanted to do, I wanted to be more creative. I wanted to um, have more control over um, who I worked with, the kind of things I was working on. I wanted to work on cool things with cool people in cool places. And, uh, and I wanted to make more of a difference. And so um, I had this, this uh, long history of, of mountain climbing being an interesting thing. So we decided to go with peak, which is um, there's a triangle and three circles and the triangle represents what are you going after? And the circles are like a little path. What are the steps that you need to take? And that's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we do, but it's really pretty simple. We just try to get really clear on where are you are trying to go and how to get there. And then I take what I learned about building a leadership team and help people get, you know, the structure and their leadership team and their organization so they can get their life back and have a, so I'm basically, one of the things that people have told me is that, uh, you know, when you're in your passion, you're basically helping people with what you actually need help with, you know, like, like you're on this, it's about joining stories. um, I think, you know, and when my story resonates with yours and we hop on a path together, you know, we're, we're kind of going on the same journey and, um, and I, and I'll be real honest in this new business, I'm having to relearn, because I, you know, I, I knew how to let go of a restaurant business. Now I'm having to learn how to let go of things in a coaching business. And so, um, you know, we are, we're both uh, teaching, but we're also spending a lot of time in the lab going, okay, what works? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's that whole thing. We're never complete, are we? We're never at the end. There's always more to learn. There's always more ways of looking at things. And if you got to the point where that's it, we're done, you can get bored. <laughs> so. Yeah. Again, again, using the mountain climbing analogies, we climb so that we can be at the peak and then we get to the peak and we realize it wasn't about the peak. It was about the climb. It was about the climb. It was about the journey. It was about the road trip to get to the mountains and the snacks that we got and the, you know, the songs we were listening to in the band. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, and I'm assuming this isn't you, but there was this uh, a tale I know of someone else who, um he's a mountaineer and he and i think he coaches people but takes them on the mountain climbs at the same time and sort of uses that uh, as a, a way of doing it and he he knows his absolute ideal client when they get to the the peak that they're heading for and then once they get there the mist's clear and they see another peak yep and his ideal client are the ones that goes excellent Yeah, it, there's more, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As opposed to those that go, oh, God, not another one. <laughs> you know, because it's that is that ongoing challenge, that ongoing uh, adventure, you know. There was a person telling me a story about being in Central America and I'm driving along a road and seeing this beautiful ridge of mountains. And the driver, a local, uh, the guy commented and said, man, those are beautiful. And he said, in our um, country, there's a saying that says beyond the mountains, there are mountains. Yeah. He said, if you, if you could stand on those, if you think that's beautiful, wait till you stand on those and see what's next. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the, um, 
you say your transition ultimately when you think about it you've gone from running a um a franchise a restaurant a restaurant chain to now supporting people with their what they're doing what they want to do and stepping back from it so i think your shift from lead singer to drummer it makes perfect sense to be honest oh my <laughs> gosh you just dude you just all right can i'm gonna have to send you a check for theory <laughs> just like you just like totally clear wow I, that is awesome. I I hadn't. I kept wondering why I had made that that shift, and I knew there was something to it. I and you just totally called that out. That's awesome. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. You're right because you're you know that that executive. I mean that yeah that executive leader. They're like the David Lee Roth or something. A lot of times they're up there and they're you know they're leading the show and everybody's like, Hey, where are we going? Well, I don't know, whatever David's doing, you know, bring the tempo up. And uh, whereas the drummer is back there, man, I'm just trying to keep it going keep it all together. I'm paying attention to what everybody's doing and trying to sew it all together. So that's really interesting. Wow, man, you just floored me there. Can we like put a pause button? I just got to go think about this. <laughs> <laughs> Make a note. Later. Uh, um, but I, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you think about that later. Um, I just want to take you back to that point when you were working sixty five hours a week, and someone said you've got to you've got to make a change. Speak to these guys. You got to start working the coach. And as you have you sort of said before, it's a mindset switch to get into the entrepreneurial thing that I don't have to do. I have to be. I have to step away. And uh, sometimes it's that coach just basically, you know, ramming the arm up your back and say, you are doing this, you're going, you'll take the break whether you like it or not. And sometimes you have an insight, kind of like you have just now, uh, that, that gets you there without having to be forced. What was it for you? Were you, were you forced into just bloody do it and you'll see that it, it works? Or did you have a, a mental shift that we went, oh, I get it? Well, I, I don't, um, being highly entrepreneurial, I don't react very well to anybody who tries to tell me what to do. So that, that would not have worked. Um, I just, um, what had happened was I had left a, a very predictable, very, I mean, I would be a multimillionaire now if I had stayed in the corporate gig that I had and managed my money well. But I left the security of that because I wanted my life. Like I wanted, I was, I moved, I moved from the city to the mountains. I was planning to kayak. I was planning to um, mountain bike and my kids were becoming teenagers. That was the main reason for doing this was I didn't want to be on the road when they had an important issue that they wanted to talk about as a teenager. You know, teenagers don't go, Hey, I'm going to note this down and talk about it. Dad, when he gets back, you got to be there in the moment. I had actually a guy, one of my clients who told me that he's like, I got off the road because I realized, you know, I needed to be. So anyway, so that's why I did that. So I have this, and this is what I talk to my clients about. Like, what was it that you had in mind when you intended this business and this life? You know, most entrepreneurs don't go, oh man, like I just really want to like work a lot, you know? Like, I mean, they do love work. I love work. Like I have to make myself stop because I love it so much. But the point for me and anybody that's going to resonate that I'm going to resonate with is like, we're doing it because we want to fuel a life. And this life we're dreaming of includes a big, whatever, whatever your sketch is. But I knew what my picture was that I had in mind. And I knew that this and this were not matching. 
you know? <laughs> and so um, I knew I had to do something. I was desperate. And um, then, you know, they say when the, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So uh, you didn't have to twist my arm, you know, I, and, I, and they said, Hey, you know, this works and we've got, and one of the things they did though, is they put us in rooms of 25 and I would fly to Chicago. And um, this is just the way this particular company worked. They'd, I'd fly in Chicago, come in the night before, begin to get my head in a strategic place. And I'd walk in the room and I would just go, these are my people, you know? <laughs> and, um, and, and I, and, and we'd hear the stories. Hey, this is working, you know. I mean, and I, I, these are twenty-four other entrepreneurs, other businesses, people before the yeah. program, didn't they? Just all across the board. And we had, and then our coach, uh, you know, be up at the front of the room, walking us through the principles, helping us plan. It was quarterly, so we'd plan for a quarter, and that's what I do. I I, I learned and and now teach like a year. You're going to put the plan on the shelf. You know, it's going to be this big thick plan. You can put it on the shelf, and you look at it again probably next year a month and you're, it's barely started before it's over and a quarter. Oh my goodness. I have seen people and, my, and myself as well, just make a math. So we'd go every quarter. And, um, but when you walked into that room, it was just like, ah, these are my people. So uh, Mary, our coach, she was in a similar group of 25 who were at the next level and they were being coached by the guy that ran the organization. And so um, uh, I'm not sure what the question was there. I got excited. Did I answer the question? <laughs> <laughs> we, we deviated from what it was the regional thing was what shifted you and um and uh, I think if i got it right what you're saying is actually what you it was a realization when the, when you got sort of just asked the right questions that you weren't doing what you got into business to do i think i had a pick i had a picture of the future mm. and and i knew it wasn't matching up mm. and i knew time was slipping away i mean my kids were just you know like that and like I, one I of the things that i'd um intrigued you know right at the start as you said you've gone into the restaurant business and you knew you had everything laid on a plate for success but it wasn't successful and at that point if you would were to ask yourself what your definition of success was would it be the same as it is now and you just weren't meeting it or has your definition shifted over time my definition remains consistent during that time. This is why I knew that I was, but I should say that um, if you had asked almost anyone in my community, if I was successful from their point of view, you know, um, double digit sales increases, multi-million dollar company, um, six multiple six figure income in a, in an area where it was very cost of living was reasonable. Um, I could go out my front door um, and, and be on the Blue Ridge Parkway in the mountains in two minutes. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I passed cows on the way to work. I mean, this is for, at least for me. I mean, I, at my front and back door, I had ridge lines. And, I mean, it was literally like living in retirement. And I had, a, I had the best of both worlds because I lived in this beautiful place. And I had this amazing business that was growing, and a, you know, great team and everything. So people would have looked at me and said, dude, he's successful. But not in my mind. And, and, and this is a, a really big question. I try to help uh, my entrepreneurs and my leaders and w wrestle with is whose definition of success are you following? Because if you're following somebody else's definition of success, when you get to that peak, you're going to look around and go, I'm on the wrong mountain. I didn't mean to be here. 
somebody else that this is somebody else's idea of, of success. And, um, and so we try to identify that early on on the trail. And I had somebody this year um, who was uh, planning, you know, I told you about, I had one person who went multi-unit and we keep, we keep all, by the way, this is like super uh, confidential. I don't mention any names or anything like that. I'm just giving you examples because, you know, in case they listen to the show, guys, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving any identifying details, but I had one person who, who wanted to scale and scaled. I had another person who wanted to scale. And at the beginning of the summer, um, he said, Bing, I'm just not sure about this. And I said, well, let's, let's, let's pause, you know, like let's don't plow ahead until we're sure. And so uh, we developed a set of questions and he's, I was so proud of him. He spent the summer digging into these questions, going on vacation, talking to family, talking to friends and asking them, what do you see in me? Where do you see me? And you know what? He came back and he decided, you know what? This is the timing. It's just not right for this. And he, he realized that he was, because in the, in the, in the, uh, in the world that he's in, multiple locations is sort of considered, you know, the badass pinnacle by others. Right. Yeah. And, um, and we ended up deciding that maximizing his current situation was what he needed for right now. And then we'll review again in the future, you know, and I think he'll eventually want to make that, but he, he decided he was bummed, but he decided, you know, this is just not the right thing for right now. And um, I was really proud of him. No, it's, it's a powerful because it, it's bringing control and choice back, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, we, we, are, we are wired to, to fit in with the people that we're around as part of that tribal um, yes. instinct. So when we are in a society mm. and in a structure that rewards a particular thing, we think that's our tribe and then we think that's what we need to do to fit in, forgetting mm. that it's a little artificial. And our real tribe are the people around us, the people we care about, the friends, the family and all those sort of things. So that's what he was doing. He's asking those different questions. Actually, what actually is the era I want to be in? What is it that I want for me and for those closest to me, which might be different to the official uh, standings? Man, this is such a great podcast, man. I'm just loving this. Uh, this is so current for me, Andrew. Um, can I can I tell another story? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're doing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so previous previous to the franchise, I was a I was a consultant to franchisees, right? And I had this really interesting thing happen when I first started uh, a, a year or so in. I was again, I was working my tail off, and um, no lack of heart, no lack of effort, but I had my my first big review. Um, we didn't have annual, I don't know why, but it had been a year or so. And, um, and I sat down with this consultant who had the data and I was all excited to hear what uh, my feedback was from the people that I served. And I was shocked to find that I was tied out of 40 people, out of 40, 40 consultants on this, on this, uh, in this work group that I was in, I was tied for the worst I had gotten the worst feedback from people that I was busting my butt to serve, you know? And I I thought I, I, I went home and I just, you know, and I thought, what, what, what am I doing here? What is, why is this not working? And thankfully uh, a mentor appeared at that point. Uh, My boss um, pulled me aside and we had dinner and he just began to work on, what I had done in that season was I had looked at 
um, the successful people in, uh, uh, in, in that group. And I had emulated them. And so I was showing up with my people trying to be my best version of Tim. And um, my boss um, said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring out the best of you. So I was hiding. I mean, I'm, I'm in a group of 39 MBAs and being the art major, right? And I, this visionary guy had hired me. He's like, I think you can bring some cool stuff. But I wasn't bringing it because I thought I needed to be like everybody else. And um, so he said, we, and not only do we want you to bring it, but we want you to fully bring it. Like, you know, bring the art, bring the music, bring the creativity, bring the energy, bring the color. So everybody else is wearing white shirts and a tie back in the late 90s early two thousands. And I'm showing up with a, you know, a bright shirt. And, uh, and I, one time I did a meeting and I, I, I came in and I had a box full of stuff and I poured it on the table. And I said, by the end of this meeting, we're going to name our next initiative based on books and ropes and knives. And I just, all this crazy stuff. And we did. And, um, and, and you know what happened, Andrew? Um, and it's not to brag. It's just a fact. When I left um, at the end of that tenure, uh, the guy that took my stores stood up and said, Hey, you, you, do you want to know the recipe for success around here is inherit Bing's work because I had become uh, one of the top ranked folks in the, in that group. And, and it, and again, I can say it with, you know, quote unquote humility because all I did was just be myself. And it was amazing what happened. And, um, and, and disclosure, I've just literally realized in the past couple of weeks that I'm doing it again. Now I'm in the new arena. I'm a coach and I'm looking at coaches who are more successful than me and I'm trying to emulate them. And I, I, I literally in the past seven days dropped that. And I had a, I had a group earlier this week and I got the best feedback I've ever gotten. They're like being, I don't know what's going on with you, but this session was awesome. (laughs) And it was just because I went back to going, you know, I'm just going to be me, you know, like, take it or leave it, sink or swim, you know, live or die. I, I just, I got to be myself. We did, we went around, we went around the room and, and uh, I, I had everybody when they did their check-in, they had to explode. It comes from the world of, uh, of um, improv. So you get to decide what that looks like for you. So one person pushed his chair backwards and sunk into the room as if there was a massive explosion. And we all just broke up laughing and, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and this is that if you're standard marketing terms, if you're the same as everybody else, you don't stand out. I mean, it's 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 as simple as that. But you could trying to be somebody you're not takes effort. It's hard work. You don't know the rules. Being and you kind of and you, and you kind of suck at it. You know. <laughs> 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 And, and actually, you speak to most people, and they say it's hard enough me, me, me being me. Don't you try and be me as well? But yeah, um, yeah. Trust me, you don't want to be me. I'm. The, it's it's a full time job. <laughs> now that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't stop. That that doesn't change the fact that we can expand who we are. Absolutely, we, we can we can take on and spot what other people and pick things up and play with them and try them and see if it fits and if it doesn't fit and. Because we've got, we've got to learn somewhere. So we, 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 if, if we just were us right from the start, we'd still be lying on a crib crying, you know? <laughs> so we have to absorb things. But it's a case of not having to having to be somebody else. It's that choice of what do I want to take on that fits with me. 
and let's run with that yeah. that, that, that feels natural and yeah, I had this sense, Andrew, of having a bit of a veil. Uh, and I was getting a lot of feedback from people very close to me that was like, Bing, I love you, but I feel like there's just something there, you know? And I really had to think about that. And I do think that's pretty much gone. I'm getting feedback that's, you know, that that it's gone. And, um, you know, and, and so, I think people pick up on that. So, so as, and that veil in other people becomes armor and, and the mask and mm. all that sort of stuff. And uh, that needs to be removed for trust to appear. That's what trust is all about, is letting them go. And if you're not, you know, if we're not in that position where we can let ourselves go, then how are our clients going to reveal themselves and really get down into what needs to be done? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I had uh, early on with the business, I'm like, I got to make money, you know? And so I would come in to work with uh, this one particular guy who was very, very serious. And I thought, well, he's serious. He's paying me. I better be serious. And he looked at me and said, I'm paying you to be different than me. I like the fact that you're not like me. I already have a me, you know? And, uh, and I thought, oh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've got permission to be uh, awkward and painful or whatever it needs to be and rub them up the wrong way. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Disruptive. But, um, so what, what's your... Um, What's your vision for the future? Where 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 do you see things going for yourself? You say peak consultants, peak coaching, relatively new. Obviously, been going for a few years, but it's I guess it's it's finding who it is and who you are. What's your your vision now? Well, we've been we've been at this uh, coming up in four years, and um, the the things that we do, um, you know, they're they're organized into working with executive leaders. Then you asked me earlier, where do I start? I start with the executive leader once we've got, and that's the so I have this method called the hero method, and this is brand new. And um, it's, it is, it's as if you got a book and it's like, oh, I've read this book, but the cover is new. So it's a, it's a packaging, if you will. And, and we, we decided to go with something that felt a little stickier. Like we began, I, it came about from asking the question, what does it mean to be heroic every day? Like for the people who are counting on me, my kids, my, my team, my community, et cetera. And it's, it's, it's not necessarily this big superhero stuff, although that's a lot of fun too, but it's like, you know, just showing up and being, you know, authentic and, and going first uh, in the difficult times or going last when, uh, when, when, uh, when the treats are being handed out or whatever, just little stuff like that. And so we, I, I, I took the work that I do and I organized it around this, this acronym HERO and it's HRO because three is easier to remember. So um, harness your full potential, rally your executive leadership team and optimize the full potential of your organization, HRO. And then we have all this stuff built around all that. You don't need to remember all that, but we do have a path and we, we, we get with um, an executive. And the, the, uh, the way that I do this is I get with someone and I, I, I kind of show them this and I, I have a, a calendar that you can follow that follows that and it gets you in the groove and you can try it out. And then um, once somebody says, Hey, well, you know, I'd really, I, I'm, I'm interested in going further with this. Then we start, you know, we say, Hey, where are you on? We start with the H harnessing you and what are we going to, what do we need to work on in you? And it's usually going to involve getting you strategic by taking some time off and, um, and, and getting a little bit more removed from the grind uh, and then on the um, R for rally, um, well, first of all, we're going to ask, you know, do you have an executive leadership team? And if so, do you have a complete one? So there's a phrase that I, or a, a concept called the leadership fraction. Very simple. How many do I have over how many do I need? 
you know, and let's say it's three over five. So you put that on a note card and you stick it on your mirror and until you have five over five and, and that gets that subconscious brain working. You know, I'm a big believer in like setting your intention, putting it in front of you and keeping it there. A lot of times when you do that, you wake up in the morning and you know what to do. So we get five out of five and now we say, okay, now how do we optimize these people? And not only do we need to optimize them, but really important, we need to align them. So I'm just like going to really go hard here on this one for just a moment. I want you to imagine that you are trying to move um, a, a rock towards a place. So the rock represents a project and the place is the goal. So we're going to move a rock 10 feet to the West and you and your team are motivated, hardworking, strong, uh, you know, showed up, everybody is bringing their full self, but one person, and you got ropes attached to this rock. One person's pulling North, one person's pulling South, one person's pulling East and one person's pulling West and they are pulling with all their might and they have equal strength. Where's the rock going? Absolutely. No. Trick question. Nowhere. Right. So what's the answer to that? What do most teams do? Hey, somebody's not pulling their weight around here or we're not trying hard enough. Okay. Let's pull harder. So we pull harder, you know, as if we weren't, as if we weren't already pulling with all of our might. And now what happens? Nothing. Right. And we pull harder until something breaks or somebody gets hurt. Yeah. And, and, and it's amazing how we don't realize it's not the lack of effort. It's not the lack of heart. It's the very simple matter of getting everybody on the West side. Now, the crazy thing that happens is once we have this aha moment and we realize, okay, hold on a sec, we got to isolate one thing, focus on that. I'll, I'll put my pet project away for a minute uh, or at least work less on it. And I'm going to help. And we're going to all get on for a moment. We're all going to get on this side of the, of this particular project. We're going to pull together and all of a sudden we move rapidly towards our destination. And the really cool thing is if there's four leaders, we now are all pulling one fourth of the effort that we were before. So all of a sudden everything feels easy and it's moving. I've seen this happen over and over Andrew with teams where it's just like that, you know, we just come in and we get, uh, you know, because you bring an outside coach, I've got perspective and we ask some really good questions and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I know what we need to do. Shift everybody in the right lane, get them going the right direction. Bam. Now, once we've done that, then we get those folks looking at the entire organization and we teach everybody in the organization, how to think like an owner. So we get them thinking about in this interaction with a customer, whether I am making a product, um, a lot, a lot of my clients are restaurants, so making food or serving that, that customer, what do they value? And what in this process is not adding value? And, and, and then we start taking that away and we get, we empower, we educate them to see it. And then we empower them to take away the things that are not adding value. So we're adding maximal value to our customer. So that way the entire organization is acting more like owners. Most organizations, two out of five people are actively disengaged. So I hope you're, I hope everybody out there is beating these odds, but <laughs> if, if, if you're average, then two people out of 10 on your team are actually your enemies within the gate, which is worse than a competitor, yeah. worse than a government entity that might come in and shut you down, you know, for the, the, the health department or whatever, like this is danger. Five are neither actively engaged nor actively disengaged. They're just, they're in the middle and only three are actually pulling towards your, your goal. So what we do is we start working to reverse that and you start building a culture of excellence 
and not that everybody, I'm sure everybody listening to this has a culture of excellence in a sense, but that an effective executed culture of excellence where it's expected and, and, and the, and peers like the culture is such that peers don't put up with each other, not being excellent. You, a lot of, a lot of people will say, Hey Bing, we're going to go on this journey, but what do I do about person X, Y, and Z? I just don't think they're bought in. And what I always tell them is just give it some time because the more that we create this sort of snowball effect of excellence across the board, those people generally become uncomfortable and they select themselves out. Now, occasionally we have to have a tough conversation where it's like, you know, we love you. I just don't think you want to play the same game that we're playing here, but we're playing the excellent game. So if you want to stay around, you have to play the excellent game, but usually they just go, you know, that's not really what I signed up for. I think I'd just rather, you know, go punch the time clock somewhere else. So, so that's what we do. Um, Very long answer, but it's, it's, it's hero. Uh, Harness your full potential as an executive leader, rally, uh, your leadership team and optimize your full potential. Yeah, that's, that's really your organization. And that that image of the rock with people in the pulling of different directions, really good, concise way of getting it. And you know, you can uh, see how that then rolls with the teams because I, I don't want to go west, I want to go north. So I'm going to cut myself free. I'm going to go fine. Away you go, not a problem. You know, but yeah. you're all going in the right direction. I mean, my my analogy was very it's very parochial, but it's uh, it was always around a, an English English sports team. Um, which will mean nothing to you. So I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that, but you'll get the concept. But there was a, a real life situation where they're the best player that, in the team, uh, like the MVP, whatever you call it, um, was dropped. Mm. Uh, and the team as a whole wasn't doing very well and they dropped their best player. And they dropped him because ultimately he was being disruptive. And yes, he was getting all the results out there on the, in, on the, on the pitch, but he was disrupting what was going in the team. And as soon as they dropped him, the rest of the team came together and then results started happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that superstar is a diva, you know, and they know that they're, you're scared to cut them and, you know, they they come late to practice and, you know, they're out late partying and they don't get along, you know, they don't play nicely with others, but um, yeah, I, it's been my observation that, you know, a team, of B players, a real team. Cause a lot of, a lot of teams are just really work groups, you know, people just mm. showing up and put their meeting time in, but a real team of B players, you know, would outperform a work group of A players, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and it's not just theory. It happens. You see it time after time in various sports. And yeah. Sometimes you pull together these sort of all-star teams and they don't gel and best players in the planet all working together and then and they lose to some sort of school team or whatever, you know, it's, uh, or some local team. And it's, uh, it's, it, it generally happens, but uh, no, I love your, I love your rocket. It's just so simple and uh, easy to visualize. Yeah. So uh, I'm nicking that. <laughs> I, um, I don't, I can't, I, I can't remember. Are we going, is this going to go video live or is this audio? Audio. Okay. Cause I do have a, I have a 90 second video. I'll shoot you uh, yeah, when we get done. Um, that 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 illustrates that. What what I'll do is I'll I'll if you if you've got it uh, and I can uh, I can get a link to it or I'll cr- I can create a link, put it somewhere or whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the uh, yeah description. yeah. It's a it's so, it's uh, a social media bit that's yeah. like 60, 60, 90 seconds long, but it it's just like it, it illustrates that. Yeah, no, that's no problem. I'll uh, I'll, I'll attach that as well. So that's uh, great. Um, not sure exactly what that looked like, but I'll make it happen. <laughs> In some way, shape, or form, um, we'll sort of bring it to a close. So, I, I, 
for you, Bing, you know, when you think about, as I said, I like, I like the fact that you're, you're working with people and it's the person that counts. It's their story. It's who they are. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, business is just a process and a system and that kind of stuff. It's the individuals that make it a, a genuine business. And, and that's where you've got to start because otherwise you're just the same as everybody else and uh and uncovering them which is fantastic um for you when you're working with people and you're doing what you do what is it that makes your bits tingle ah i love that question you know when i was looking for podcasts uh you know to be on next i, I that really stood out to me so I, I really want to applaud you for you know just i don't know that's just really cool like we we really need a more of that in our lives you know um but it, it was that group on on Monday where, you know, we had a blast. Um, we solved some really big problems. And then later people came back and they said, man, that helped. And um, I do have to make a living as a coach and I've got the bills to pay and um, mouse to feed and stuff like that. But the, um, the thing that really gets me excited is someone reaching their more of their potential and telling me that what I did helped, knowing, knowing, getting that feedback, that information that, wow, you know, that really rocked. Um, and to me, I think that's the essence of being a coach. You know, I, um, I, I, a lot of times, you know, it, it's not the coach who's up, you know, on the, uh, getting the award or, you know, making the, the winning play, um, and they, their delight and their tingle, I think, is in is in seeing the team win. So uh, that's that's what does it for me. Beautiful. And um, if anybody needs to check you out, uh, look you up, what uh, what's the best thing that they need to do? Where should they go? Well, you can you can find us at peakcoaching.com, and there's a place in there to contact me. And uh, just in any of this stuff, I'm going to share. It's peak with an E, P-E-A-K-E. And uh, I did that because I wanted to stand out and it makes it easier to get like URLs, you know, there's less competition. <laughs> so, but, but it's a little distinctive. So you can find me at peakcoaching.com. You can reach out to me directly at bing, B-I-N-G dot Oliver at peakcoaching.com. And if you reach out to me, what I'd love to do is send you this calendar and uh, it's 28 days. So each day, each week, the first week is about harnessing your full potential and it goes through the rest of the model throughout the month. And it gives you very simple things to do. Today's um, thing was before breakfast, take a short walk and leave your phone at, at home and disconnect and get into that creative strategic mind. Very simple little thing. And I'm doing the challenge. Uh, so it's the fourth and that's the fourth on the challenge. I'm inviting people to join in the challenge with me and just share stories. Um, and it's designed each day to help you do things that will help you grow um, in, in your leadership capacity. And people may say, well, what if I'm not the executive leader of an organization. Well, is anybody looking to you, you know, <laughs> for any kind of direction? Then you're a leader, you know, um, kids, community, friends, family, um, and it'll it'll make you better. And so I'd love to send you a copy of that calendar. Again, it's bing.oliver at peak, P-E-A-K-E coaching.com. And, um, and then from there, if, um, if you're doing that and you'd like to know what it looks like to, 
to work together and to help move towards your goals. I, I do primarily work with executives, but occasionally uh, I work with individuals. And I generally will put people who are not yet at the executive level into groups uh, like we did this week. And uh, the way to get started on all that is to just set up a 20 minute call. And this is a call where we say, where are you? Where do you want to be? And we put together a plan and you'll have some recommendations to help you move forward in your life. And you will not get a pressured thing. You know, you're just going to get some solutions. And, and if it, and if, and if you say, Bing, that sounds great. I'd love to have you kind of walk with me for a month through this little plan and help me out or 90 days. Then we talk about what that looks like. So never any pressure. It's always bringing stories together. And, and if the stories match and we're going towards the same direction and we can help each other, then, uh, then we, then, then some dollars are exchanged, you know, to put it crudely. <laughs> and they promote, that's the way it works. And again, that's why it's important to be who you are because otherwise you're, you're not connecting with the right kind of people. But when you, when you find the right people and you connect, then you want to walk with each other and you know, you can support each other. And that's, that's exactly what it's about. So, um, yeah. I love that. so, um, yeah, uh, um, thank you very much, Bing. There's, there's another little thing that, that uh, I'll, uh, I'll throw in just uh, uh, my observation. Um, you mentioned you started off in art as a sculptor and creating these sculptures. And, I'm, and I think if I got it right, it's Michelangelo. So let's say Michelangelo is one of them. And he said that the um, when he's given that, he starts off with a block of clay or granite, whatever, and says, the sculpture's already there. My, my job yep. is just to pull it out. And... Mm -hmm. You follow that up with saying that's what you do in your coaching. The potential yep. is already there. Your job is yes. just to, to pull it out. So I think it's an absolutely perfect fit that the sculptor has become the coach and doing yes. people what he's doing. So, um, yeah. A masterpiece exists within you. It's our job to just help clear that away. And I, I have a coach and I, I tell, I, and, and I have a number of coaches and mentors and usually I'll say, you know, you're at your best when you're helping me get out of my own way, you know? Because <laughs> we're so good at doing that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so we do. Uh, yes. Bing, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved your stories. I love what your, Thank uh, you. your analogies and where, where you're going. Um, I wish you all the best. And, um, uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to have this great conversation and uh, share a little bit of path together today. Brilliant. I'll catch you later. All right. See you. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and of course, share it on the social media platforms. And so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>